Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Another dramatic night then in the world match play. The Betfair World Match Play at Milton Keynes is developing into something of a classic. Welcome along to day five of the Match Play Daily. Jonathan and Jack Gobby Garwood alongside you to talk through all of the action from tonight in Milton Keynesville Bars. Of course, that will join us for the PBT a bit later on. Gob, I've managed to get you away from the television screen tonight, of course, and uh, I can see you smiling there on, uh, on our call here this evening. Your team have lifted the Premier League. Congratulations to Liverpool. And uh, I'm sure, well, that was a, a very important night. And I saw the championship as well, certainly in terms of football was mental. Tonight in Milton Keynes was also mental in the darts. What a night that we've had once again in the Marshall Arena. Absolutely class. Um, I've, I've had the split screen function on my TV going all evening. Um, as I proudly declared yesterday, I was in love with a Polish man. I have to slip this in that my allegiance has changed once more and I'm, I'm back in love with a German man, uh, Mr. Mr. Klopp. Um, but yeah, back to that, four great games and more upsets, more seeds in the world of trouble um, and, and cracking performances from big names that we perhaps haven't seen in a while. Certainly not. Let's go through the entire night and we'll start off with the game of the night. Everybody was expecting it to be the game of the night and I don't think it really disappointed. It was an absolute slog, as you would expect, between Peter Wright, the world champ, and the three-time BDO world champion and current Premier League leader, Glenn Durrant. Yeah, classic class battle between these two. Um, perhaps didn't get off to the fly of the start that we expected, but I think they're both almost as you are in boxing, they're trying to feel each other out a little bit. There's a little bit of nerves. You're aware that if you let the other one get out in front of you by a considerable margin, trying to reel a player over with these two's quality in is, is incredibly difficult. Um, I think where it was won in the end is, is Peter Wright had a little bit of a mare on doubles at times. Um, there was a period where his stats really weren't good um, on, on the outer ring and he, he kept himself in it with, with balls, I finishes, which is mental yeah. when you think about it. Um, Wright did finish with a higher average, um, probably scored a little bit more consistently over it as well. So it is those doubles that have let him down, but doesn't just doesn't look like he's phased anymore. He, he is settled into the PBC life now. He is comfortable up on stage. He doesn't panic. There was, there was a couple of erratic darts, but I think more of that is his action than the situation. I think you're always going to get that with Glenn. He's never going to throw perfect darts through the entire match. I'm just not sure that's the way his action is built to play, but he's, he's got some stones, he's got some bottle, and he's going to take some stopping now. This could be, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, this, this could be Glenn, Glenn Durant's time. 
Well, we'll talk about that a little bit later. Is the whole night because obviously it was the, 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 the part of the draw was completely it was complete. That second half of the draw was complete. I thought the game really changed. I almost thought the game changed when Wright got it back to seven five. When Dozer missed five to go eight four up and get that double breaker throw, and he got it back to seven all and then eight seven. I did think then for a second that Dozer had let the game go, and I was a little bit worried for Glenn because he looked tired. He really looked like he was beating himself up on stage, but to get that break a throw back in the 17th leg for 9-8 when he'd missed four prior to that and right hit a 1-4-5 to lead 36. That took some stones. And, I, and I'll say this now. I don't think that from 200 or, you know, 170 to 200 to leave yourself on a manageable out shot, there's nobody better in the world right now than the man from Seaside. Yeah, his set of players is phenomenal. The way he, he can travel around the board and just be comfortable wherever he wants to be to leave what he's comfortable with at the end of, of the visit is, is fantastic. You, you do see a lot of dark players attempt that, but they, they don't pull it off with the consistency that Glenn does when he's aware of what he wants and, and his, his bailout shots, if you want. So, fantastic. And then, like I said, he did look a little bit fatigued um, mm. earlier on in the match. Um, but I think both of these players are used to, to controlling pace because of the speed that they play at. They're not the quickest players in the world. They're not the slowest players in the world by a long way, but they are both very methodical and they're used to having that influence on their opponent. When you get two that are exactly the same, it's a little bit draining, I think, because you're trying to dictate your pace. And even if the pace is actually suiting you, these players are used to people throwing quicker against them, slower against them, and they can adjust to that. When somebody's doing exactly the same as you are, it doesn't happen very often. So that immediate clash, I think, can, can put them off a little bit. Um, and I think that's what we saw at times just, just that raw scrap at times where you just thought it wasn't a battle of ability it was a battle of, of mental capability and I think Glenn got over that one and as Phil said last night is there a little bit of frailty in right still? I think so I, I, I'd like to say it because and I'll tell you the reason why when he was on that run at the start of the year, he was absolutely the best player on planet darts, won the world championships, won the masters. Okay. Admittedly, Marcus Smith blew three match darts against him, but he still won the masters. He should have been fiving up on Van Gogh in the start of the Premier League night in Aberdeen. We were there for that one. And I remember it was, I think it was three two to Van Gogh in after five legs. And you can just see there, Wright's thinking, how the hell am I not five up nil up on this? And once again, the mental frailties are there. I, I, look, I'm not going to suggest here, sit here and say that Peter Wright is going to fall off the edge of a cliff anytime soon. You know, at the end of the day, he's a, he's a world champion. It's the first time in four years that he's not made a match play quarter final. So, sorry, six years, excuse me, that he's not made a match play quarter final since 2014. But if he's going to be the consistent player that we know he can be, and we know, and we as well, the, the, we know that the, the ability's there, but Peter Wright just, I, I don't know, again, there, there are, there's a case for me to say, what is a Peter Wright at the moment? He's the world championship a blip. You know, he's the world championship, the no, exception I, to the rule. I think we're seeing what happened with Rob Cross happen to Peter Wright. There are expectations that come every single time you tow the hockey as world champion. Yeah. There's a target on your back. And at the start of the year, Wright was winning games that possibly he didn't have a right to. He, he was getting over the line. And those, you see it in other sports. They're the wins that champions have that perhaps weren't as convincing as you see. And that's draining. And I think we might be at a point where Peter Wright needs a bit of a rest and he's not going to get it because he will play the Euro Tour events. He will play what's left of the World Series. He'll be in every major. He is the world champion. You're the most marketable player in the world at that point. So he will play everything. And I think that might see his game start to suffer towards the back end of the year. We've seen him start tinkering with darts again. And I think that's when he knows that his, his action has struggled a little bit from, from tiredness or, or something that he just found he needs a change and a pick-me-up in between games. And he wasn't doing that at the start of the year. You think of a flight occasionally, but the changes are getting more and more drastic. Um, and, and that's not a good sign considering he was so settled in, in January. Certainly was. Eight of 30 on the checkouts for Peter Wright. For Glenn Durant, it was 11 of 24, as you say, Gob. Uh, Peter Wright averaged high, but in the end, doubles cost him. At one stage, he was only hitting four of 20. And you don't win games like that, particularly against Glenn Durrant, 
in the world match play. Let's hear from Duzza. He was understandably chipper in the press conference when he spoke to our man, Phil Bars in Milton Keynes. Glenn, many congratulations. You've just beaten the world champion here at the Betfred World Match Play. You're into another PDC quarterfinal on TV. Over the moon right now? Yeah, um, I'm always looking for perfection. Um, I just had a real bizarre time up there because just felt the treble 19 just looked the smallest treble on the board and treble 19 is a huge part of my game and I was having a real fight with myself where I was going for treble 18s when I wouldn't normally do it so but you know when you beat Peter I knew Peter wasn't at his best now I don't think he always does play his best against me um, but uh, yeah, I'm really happy very, very happy strange game you lose the first session 4-1 you win the second 5-0 and then you miss crucially four darts to go 8-4 and you just seem to have a little bit of a wobble at that stage how did you recompose yourself yeah double 10 um it's hurt me over the years it's probably cost me uh, competitions double 10 i hate double 10 i'm a, you know, gary anderson i think very similar um i really really dislike that double um but then when i got i looked up and it was eight each and I've sort of talked an awful lot about when it gets to 8-8, I've been winning them games lately. And uh, I dug deep. I think he hit a low score when he got off at, uh, in the 17th leg. And I capitalised. And I remember screaming and shouting maybe 10-8. So I think I must have hit a really big double at that point. Combination finishing tonight, as you can see in my notes, are a key factor. At the moment, are you the best 2-3-dart combination player in the world right now? 3-dart, yes. Maybe not two dart, or certainly not one dart, but anything round 91 to 119, I believe I'm the best in the world at uh, that combination finishing. That's a good feeling when you're up there, because when they go Glen, you require 112, you, you know, your mindset is you're the best in the world at this. When they say Glen, you won 54, you're not the best in the world at this. So honestly, it's as a dart player, mind games is just, it's incredible. We know it was good banter, but Peter said you were in his pocket, and I know you things like that you use as inspiration did you I, I, I was desperate to scream in my pocket uh, <laughs> at the end I was desperate to do it now but I wouldn't do it out of just massive respect to a guy who um, yeah he's not a, he's a good friend he's, he's our world champion and I wouldn't disrespect him no more but it's probably the worst thing he could have done because and it was a pro tour he was probably walking to the toilet walking to the bar and it was that moment there that I was thinking at eight each you know this is the guy that screamed in his pocket but you know I would never ever ever disrespect the guy he's an unbelievable player he's our world champion and I'm very proud to beat him Some, last year it was a semi-final this year quarter-finals but none of the top four in the world are left in is this now a huge opportunity for you to win your first PDC televised definitely definitely um You've got to grab these opportunities. I've talked about my age, my experience, and whatever. Then quarterfinals of the match players aren't going to come every day of the week. You know, you've just got to grab these chances while you can. I've got to learn lessons of why I lost the semis last year. You know, probably Vincent has probably been the best player in the bottom half of the draw so far. Um, so I think that's going to be a great game. Um, I don't know when I play him now. Hopefully, I've got another day off. Uh, I, I was so poorly last night, Phil. So so poorly. I went. I went for a, a beautiful meal. Got the, you know, just got the meal wrong because I got a spicy dish, and I was very very poorly last night. And um, but again, I was thinking when I beat um, Danny Noppet, I had a real nightmare uh, meal the night before at the Lakeside Finals. So again, without replicating myself, it's just it's just a lot of mind games when you look there. And, you're fighting with yourself. If you could go on to win this, would this be a bigger achievement than winning the Lakeside? Easy. I mean, the first Lakeside, it would only be a, a moment behind it because when I fell to my knees and I closed my eyes, that was, as far as I was concerned, life was complete. If I won the match play, I'm beating the best players in the world. Um, so, I'm not going to overlook Vincent, you know, bottom of the draw, you know, Dimmy's playing tremendous now, there's a great game going on now, so it's one game at a time, I can't get myself too excited, but it's going to take someone to play really well to beat me. Glenn, pleasure as always, chat, thank you very thank much. You. Thank you, Phil. Glenn, going into tonight, at the start of the night, did you half expect you might be playing Daryl Gurney next round? Yeah, 
yeah, I was, uh, got a lot of messages when Michael got beat and said, you know, this is yours for the take, and if you did it, but I was still thinking, well, hang on, my, my draw is still Jeffrey, Peter, and then Daryl. Uh, but Vincent was incredible, the, the player of the night, I'm sure. Um, but it's an opportunity. I've, I've played Vincent in exhibitions. Vincent's a super quick player. It'll probably remind me of the Jeffrey game. Um, whether he likes my pace so much, um, I'm not so sure. You said about getting that extra one or two percent against Peter Wright. Is there anything in particular against Vincent that's going to give you that extra one or two percent? Oh, not against Vincent. No, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, Peter had lost five on the spin. Where do you find? Why? Why do I keep losing to him? And it was just a stupid thing when he in the pocket, you know. And Glenn, are you there? And like that's just probably what I needed. And it's a lonely place on that stage sometimes, um, but that was keeping me motivated. So, and understandably, as you said, chipper Glenn Durrant there. Uh, maybe he doesn't quite fit in Peter Wright's pocket as he first suggested. Mm. Um, but moving on to the second high-profile casualty of the night. Uh, and it came in the opening encounter, uh, one that perhaps we, we again weren't expecting from this week. We, we tipped a couple of upsets, but this is one that sort of came out of nowhere. We expected after his progression in the first round of his performance in the Summer Series for Daryl Gurney to make his way through the field, especially when it opened up for him a little bit. Um, and we expected to see him in the latter stages, but he was dispatched. 11-5 by Vincent van der Voort. That was... We say it a lot in sport, in, in a lot of darts, but that was a true rolling back the years performance from Van der Voort. First time since 2009 that he's made the World Match Play quarterfinal. I love Vincent. What a hero. And as well, remember, we saw that in the European Championships as well last year. There's signs there that maybe, just maybe, the touch destroyer is getting back to somewhere near his best. You know, like you say, I think the game was won pretty much, the damage was done after the first 10 legs. Goes and wins the opening session 5-0, gets a triple breaker throw, and Gurney missing darts in both legs where Vanderbilt had the throw. So it could have been 3-2 with the break. Could be talking a completely different game. Gets it back to 5-2 to Gurney, but then Vanderbilt just gets on a roll. He goes and uh, wins, goes and takes it obviously to 8-2 at the second interval, and then he goes 10-2 up after winning five more straight legs. That is clinical from Vanderbilt. And there's a bit of a revival from Gurney, but Vanderbilt could just take his time. Doesn't matter. I've got legs in hand to play with, and in the end, gets over the line. Eleven legs to five. More Amanda Vaughan in a second goal, but like personally for me on this, the chin just looked out of sorts tonight. He really looked out of sorts tonight. Didn't settle. Didn't look comfortable. Didn't find the range on on scoring early, which is which is a feature of Gurney's game. You you can't deny it. If, if that first chart's in, he is a big treble hitter. Um, I just think he looked rattled. I don't think he, he looked comfortable. I'm not sure a player of his ranking is, is used to playing first. Mm. I know that's not really an excuse, but that, that might have contributed slightly. Normally, they have a little bit longer to prepare. That they'd be I wonder, slotted I, in for session differently. Yeah, sorry um, to interrupt that. I wonder that if the crowd was there, they would have waited a little bit later on to see what maybe he would have gone on last for a big rendition of Sweet Caroline. I know it's Blackpool and it's a bit of a different crowd to what you'd normally get, say, at Pali or a Premier League night. But still, it, people are suitably lubricated by the time that Sweet yeah. Caroline comes on. Um, but yeah, he, I mean, we didn't see a lot of him before, during lockdown. He, he didn't play the home series, so we weren't sure what form he was carrying. He picked up throughout the summer series. He looked good first round. Um, as, as people know in the past, I, I've doubted the way that he, he's played the game. I don't tend to like his mentality at times. Um, and he, he, like Gary Anderson, is one that likes to, to G themselves up and they need something to fight for. And that just wasn't there tonight. There, there was, you almost yeah. wanted him to find something to be angry about, to put a performance in, but I, he just looked so disillusioned with the entire thing. Um, yeah. You never saw a different winner other than Vincent. I mean, you can't take away the performance from Vincent. He's averaged 97. No, he's over 50% not. on the doubles and he's fantastic. Gurney's 45% on the doubles, but it was the timing of those misses in the early session that really set this one up for the way it was and there was just no time for him to come back. Yeah, I mean, once once the opening session happened, I, I don't really remember chances where Vincent was giving Gurney chances to try and break his throw or, or try and hold, uh, certainly to get to 10-2. 
And once again, it was pretty much like that most of the game. And uh, it, it was absolutely astonishing. Once again, Van der Voort is rolling back the years. It's amazing what happens when you uh, practice with the world number one. But you talk about Glenn Durant and, and the draw opening up. I mean, this is possibly the most wide-open match play that I can remember, certainly in a good four or five years. Uh, is there anything stopping Vincent van der Voort going on? If he performs like that again, he could easily make the semi-finals of the Waste Bank. Comfortably. He, he looks really good. He, he, he's talking a good game. He sounds really confident in press conferences. He's still the most negative PDC man you've ever met in your life. And I think and I that love would him. include... And I love him for it. He's more negative about the PDC than the BDO border. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> he has no time whatsoever, but... He looks comfortable in this environment. He, he said that after his first round performance, the stage and the setup suits him more than, than other events have and, and the Empress Forum at Winter Gardens has before. Um, and after the first round, I wasn't sure we were going to get to this stage because, all right, we lost five seeds, but a couple of them came quite near towards the end of the first round. But this is looking more and more like that fateful UK Open where it was snowed off and yes. all of the big names went crashing. And I yeah. understand the range of the field was different at that point, but this is really opening up for somebody to come from absolutely nowhere. The price of an offer is significant enough that if this is one of the non-seeded players, they open up all sorts of opportunities for the next two years because that's a hell of a lot of money to sit on your rankings. Yes, you have to go defend it in two years' time. But for the next two years, you're in pretty much every major about to qualify for anything. Holding this, you're in the Grand Slam pretty much, which is the only CD, other one you've got to worry about. A CD player at the Worlds. So therefore, you're already straight away to second round. Bang. Yeah. It's mental. This it's will mental. open opportunities for somebody to come from far back in the field. The highest ranked player left in the field is... Number, Gary Anderson, yeah, Gary Anderson. Number Sorry, Michael Smith, excuse me. Michael Smith, Michael number Smith. five in the world. Yeah. Number five in the world, who hasn't won a PDC televised major either. So it is opening up mentally indeed. Vincent van der Voort is through to the quarterfinals with an 11-5 win against Daryl Gurney. Two of the top 10 in the world are only left in this tournament. This is mental. Here he is, though, talking with Phil afterwards. Vincent van der Voort. Vincent, many congratulations into the quarterfinals of the Betfred World Match Play and a comprehensive victory over Daryl Gurney. You must be over the moon right now. Oh, definitely. I mean, it, it was a good win. Um, uh, I was practicing so well, but you never know what goes on on stage. In the first four or five legs, I think I played amazingly. And then that, yeah, that, that show what I can do if I'm healthy and when I'm that far in front in a match, is there a different kind of pressure on you? Oh, definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm not used to being 5-0 up, 8-2 up, so uh, it, it was it was awkward for me to uh, finish the game off because for, you can't lose from this. <laughs> and then he wins legs and you're thinking, oh my God, no way. You have to win this one. And, and so I was really happy to hit the last double. Heading into the game, we spoke to Darrell and he said he was surprised that you beat Tizzy. Do you think he maybe overlooked you a little bit? I really don't care. I mean, uh, so many people overlooked me in the past, and they uh, felt sorry for themselves afterwards. And he's probably one of the one of them as now. Obviously, Michael crashed out last night. A huge shock in the practice room when Michael's gone. Is there a different feel to the tournament? He plays in a different day, so it's not not much going on. Really, it used to be. It used to be when Phil lost loses, then everybody was. And they were whispering, and, and, and Mike, like yesterday with Mike, that, happen, that happens. But the next day, everybody's here for themselves and don't care about what, what anybody else does. The match play here, it seems to have reinvigorated you. Can you go all the way in this tournament now? The seeds are falling all over the place? I can't see why not, but, but I have to play well. I have to be prepare myself the same way. I have to play well, confident and everything. and and. Um, I mean, it helps that it's not that as hot as in Blackpool. But I'm not going to get into Blackpool anymore because apparently <laughs> a lot of people were upset when I said something about it. But there you go, no problem for me about it. I, I, I do that frequently in interviews that I upset people. But here you go. Um, this is better for me. It suits me better than than a steaming hot room. That that's for sure. So. Um, 
I mean, I'm sweating now, but not as much as I'm doing when I'm playing the match play. So. Does the one game a day suit your format better as well? Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, uh, I know I struggle with health and everything, so so one game at a time, it's it's easier for me than playing one game two hours in between and playing another or half an hour in between. So this suits me far better, but yeah. I don't think I can convince Barry to play one day, one match at a time. The diet tops you missed for the one-three-two. We saw you almost smile on the stage. Roll back eighteen months when you almost packed the game in. It's remarkable, wasn't it? Because you were in that much pain, and now you're actually enjoying it on that stage again. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy darts because I've been playing darts since I was eight, nine years old. So I've always been involved in darts, and, and it's a great game, and I. I really love playing, but when you're in a lot of pain, then then yeah, the, the, the the fun goes away, and, you, and your mindset goes away. And and if you play against people that you lose to, where you normally think I should win this one, then then yeah, then it goes against you. But yeah, I enjoy this, and hopefully we can go on. Vince Van der Voort there talking through his victory over Daryl Gurney. So that quarterfinal lineup is set there. It will be Glenn Durrant against Vincent Van der Voort on Friday night. And a man who will be in the quarterfinals is Dimitri <laughs> Vandenberg. I'll be honest now, Gob. I gave him. I, I, I remember saying to you that Nathan Aspinall will lose to Dimitri Vandenberg in round one. I didn't expect that to happen. I said it was a joke. I didn't think it would happen. It happened. He comes back tonight with an absolute barnstormer of a comeback against Joe Cullen. I've got a lot of time for Joe. We've, we've both met him. We obviously had an exhibition event with him a couple of months back uh, just before lockdown, and it was brilliant, and he's an absolute hero. But you know how much I love the man's Dancy Dimitri. And I'm so nice happy. He's made a call. Nice little birthday present this for you, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. I'll, I'll take that as a birthday present rather than seeing Liverpool lift the league. Uh, I'll be <laughs> honest with you, though. I have my doubts about this one because Cullen raced out the blocks in the sense he got that breaker throw. And when he got that double break, I was very, very worried for Dimitri. But that comeback takes some stones. Yeah, it does. I'm the same that double break I was concerned for Dimitri it very much had the same feel as the Clemens Ratajski game and that Ratajski got the break was out in front and Dimitri was constantly chasing he he offered up a couple Cullen offered up a couple of opportunities as the game went on Dimitri struggled to take them and at that point when Joe then went on to to raise that double break you were really concerned for Dimitri he didn't look like he had the firepower um I I recall him missing three at 24 I can't remember what leg it was in but that was, that, was, all, that was for 7-5. That was for, uh, sorry, would all, for 6-all. Yeah, would yeah, They were all, all very, very well thrown darts. Um, you, you sat there questioning how they didn't go in. Um, and at that point, that was when you were really concerned for Dimitri because that was his chance to, to get the game back on his terms. Um, but, but to pull off the comeback the way he did, he, he stayed calm. He, he centred himself quite a bit, which we see Glenn Durrant and Rob Cross do um, when it got to those clinical doubles. And, they're not bad people to be taking advice or, or copying techniques from. The world champions, they won four world championships between the two of them. So, yeah, a great performance from Dimitri again. Again, one that we didn't perhaps expect. Um, but it's a stage event in front of TV cameras. And Dimitri Vandenberg is into his third consecutive PDC TV quarterfinal. Mental. Absolutely mental. A word on Joe Cullen, though, by the way, because the rock star now... That is a huge blow for him, I think, there, because, you know, he had to defend quarterfinal money, although, to be fair, with the added prize money from 2018 anyway, he's pretty much defended it as it is anyway. Yeah. But he will be gutted to have lost that lead there from 8-5, uh, you know, because you lose six out of the last seven legs. I mean, to be fair to Dimmy as well, he took out some huge outshots, you know, mm-hmm. outshots, outshots even, uh, with, you know, the 138, he pinged a 104 to go 9-8 up. And, and you just, I, I don't disgrudge here, Joe, because I don't think he missed too many darts at a double. I don't think he's scoring worse off either. It was just a little bit of a shame for Joe because you really are thinking that he's, he's got to get over the line and do a, put in a real big TV performance if he's going to go and crack that top 16 properly. Mark Webster was saying exactly the same thing on commentary. He, he was like, "We're all." Well, Webby takes it all from. Well, 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 Webby takes it all from me. No, that's a massive <laughs> lie, by the way. That's a massive <laughs> lie. No, he's absolutely right. But he, but he's very close to Joe Cullen. He was saying they've had conversations where they're aware of Joe's ability and he's telling him that Joe's got kick on and 
these are the sort of games he was inferring to. It was early in the match as well where Joe has to close it out and Joe didn't close it out. And there's only so many times you can be the good performance but unlucky loser before yeah. that really starts playing on your mind. And we've seen Joe's got the ability. He's one of your Tory beat Michael Van Gogh in the final. He took Gary Anderson as, as far as he could in the match play two years ago on the run to it when he went to the starting leg. Uh, Honestly, one of the best games. Out was, yeah, one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah. But at what point do we start saying, is Joe a top 16 talent? Does he have the mentality to get over the line with all the players that are emerging and coming through? And, and can he compete at the top, top level and the back end of tournaments? Because we've seen glimpses, but are we seeing it enough? We're seeing glimpses from far less established pros than Joe Collins with the likes of Clemens and Ratajski and, and that group, Danny Knoppert, that are all coming through. Where does Joe fit into this anymore? I, I still think he's a top 16 talent. There's no doubt in my mind that he's a top 16 talent. Whether he ever gets that ability is a different story. But the thing is, though, he only missed a couple of darts, really, to actually get over the line. And that was only really when it got to 8-all. Those two darts that he missed for, for 9-7 on his throw rather than Dimmy getting an 8-all, I think were a crucial one. I think it broke his heart a little bit. Uh, he didn't really get a shot at a double apart from the one where obviously he goes and holds his throw for 9-all. So we'll see where we go with Joe. Dimmy, though, coming through. Quarter-finalist again, as you've said. Third consecutive TV uh, quarter-final for Dimmy. He's got a nice little run. It's another great run for Dimmy. And it's now a chance for him to go on and make a semi-final. Definitely. Um, we, we've said it quite a few times at Sport, anything can happen. And Dimitri is adding to the story of the 2020 lockdown world match play. And <laughs> it's great for us. We love great a story. Yeah, exactly. Great for him. Great for us. We love stories here on the Match Play Daily. And we also love hearing from winners. Here's Dimitri Vandenberg talking with Phil. Dimitri, congratulations into the quarterfinals of the Betfred World Match Play on debut. Yeah. Just sum up for us how you're feeling right now. I am happy, I am proud. It wasn't the best game, but my B game, that's getting better, that's getting stronger. And this time my, my B game is even stronger on the stage. I didn't felt that I was playing well, and afterwards I saw the averages and I was like, oh, is that what I've pulled off? But I do know is that I had a few checkouts above 100, but those are the things that I know I can do. And it's happening more regular now. Finally, it's happening more regular now. It's what I practice for, it's what I put in the hours for, so as I said earlier, it's time to show it. It's time to believe in myself a whole lot more, it's time to be more arrogant and it's time to say, step up to me. If you want to be one of the top players, it's time to show it and it's time to do your business. Two very different games for you on that stage. The first yeah. one, you dominated from start to finish, but this yeah. one, you had to dig very deep and come yeah. from behind twice from big deficits. What's going through your head considering you've played so well once and not quite hit the same heights in the second game. Yeah, exactly. It's because I wasn't hitting the same heights in the second game as I did in the first game that made it difficult, but even though I wasn't playing the best game that I know I can, or I wasn't playing my A game, I did keep believing in myself and I did skip to myself saying like, come on, play your game, take it easy, take it leg by leg. And he missed his chances and then I took him. Then I missed and he took him. So that's how I constantly went like up and down, up and down. I could have gone in front, but I could have been a whole lot more behind. So at the end of the game, I think it was just my day, my luck. But besides my luck, it's also had to be my ability to keep going under the pressure that I had. Coming this far and managed to win the game. It wasn't easy, but I am so happy that finally I'm winning ugly games. Simple to say. Everyone else had a day off between their round one and round two games, mm. you didn't. No. Was that a help or a hindrance for you? I think I took it more easy today. Um, the other day I was like on time, doing my thing that I have to do before I go on the stage and t today I was like, you know what, yesterday went good, I know I have it in me, just relax. And I did relax, but I think I relaxed a little bit too much. and. Yeah, let's hope for my sec uh, my quarterfinal, I will be more uh, focused instead of relaxed, more focused before I start. 
So what I'm definitely going to be doing before I have to play is I'm going to take my half hour before I'm on the stage on the board. I won't be sitting down. I will be having my half hour on that board before I'm up that stage and that's going to make me even stronger. Mm -hmm. so that's what I have to do. Full of shocks and upsets. Mm -hmm. Can Dimitri Vandenberg win the world match by on debut? Yeah. I think he can because I know that I have the game in me and I know what kind of team I have behind me, what kind of support I have. And well, I've showed it so many times that I can play darts. But I think it's also time to show it with a title. And I am believing in myself. I've worked hard for it. So why not? You know? What's the reason of holding me back? I think there is none. It's just time to show. Dimitri, thank you very much, man, as always. Thank you. Dimitri Vandenberg, they're one of the young upcoming talents with, with world championship potential. Two players that well, one player that has serious world championship potential because he's a two-time back-to-back world champion is Adrian Lewis. Uh, getting over the line in the final game again tonight against Danny Knopper. 99 average from Jackpot, 42% on the doubles. Um, Danny seemed to drop off a little bit towards the end, but are we talking about a possible Adrian Lewis one? Match play finalist? I mean... Yeah, I mean he's up there. He's in the If you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle, do you? If you're not in the you're not in the draw, you can't win the raffle. It's a strange old game, though. This, goodness me, was this a strange game? Lewis at one stage was averaging nearly 113, and he was level. Noppy did brilliantly well on his throw to hold throw, right? Absolutely brilliant. Was pinging out shots in for fun. Seven of eleven on the checkouts. That's mint. Absolutely meant, but he's averaging 87 throughout the game. A.D. Lewis is averaging 12 points higher than him. At one stage, he's averaging 21 points higher than him. And he just thought, how? How is Noppy keeping in this game? Steve Beard did exactly the same. Yeah, but and I think I, that's, that's the only criticism you can say of Lewis. He is significantly yeah. outperforming his opponents in the first two rounds. Yes, he's got over the line in both, but he isn't far enough ahead. And as you move forward through the rest of this tournament... Players won't be that far behind him. It but, looked but, unbelievable, though, his action. Oh, my yeah, oh, God. Yeah, honestly, if, if I could marry a dart throw, it would be Adrian Lewis. A lot of people say this, how good it is when it's in motion, but it is just so smooth, so silky. He's averaged 97 in the first round, 99 in the second round. It just looks fantastic when it gets flowing. It looks I mean, a million dollars. It looks a million dollars. I'm not, I'm not going to come here and say that. Cause, you know, he's one of those players that if he gets a triple 20 at first start, more than, more than likely he's going to go and hit a 180. He was pinging him in for fun tonight. No doubt in my mind about that. The only criticism I'll have, and I'll still have it, is the fact that when he got the break of throw, first two times he got the break of throw, he let Noppet straight back into the game with a break of throw on his own. But... He then goes and pings in uh, five of the last six legs to go and win 11-7. He turned on the afterburners, and that was brilliant. I'm not going to sit here and say that A.D. Lewis did not perform brilliantly, especially towards the end of that match, because, my God, did he. My only concern about Lewis is, is that how often can he keep doing this? He's got to really, for me, and I appreciate Playing up against either, you know, Nathan Aspinall or Gerwin Price, I would be saying a bit differently. You know, if it would have been Gerwin Price tonight rather than Daniel Offit, would have been talking potentially talking a completely different game. And rather playing than Nathan Aspinall in the quarter to finals, he's got Dimitri Vandenberg. No disrespect to Dimi, but you know, Nathan Aspinall is a UK Open champion, World Masters champion, a US Masters champion, excuse me, and is a two-time World Championship semi-finalist. It's a tougher game if he's playing Nathan Aspel than Dimitri Vandenberg, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. But this would have been a tougher game if he's playing Gezi Price, but you've got to beat what's in front of you. And he's no. doing that. And he looks comfortable. Yeah. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying that. And he, I just think he looks incredible. And like the only criticism you can have is he's not backing up those breaker throws when he gets them. And I think that's what we were talking about last time we spoke about it, where he looks so much better when he just has the freedom to go and attack and play without thinking of anything. And it, it's that adage isn't it that a break of throw is only as good as the next hold well I'll tell you something though quickly, I think that's on his mind yeah Danny Noppert though really quickly before we go in here for jackpot Danny Noppert another last 16 at the tournament big performance again from Noppert on the television he's stuck with him but he's got to improve his scoring if he's going to consistently perform in the wages because again I don't he didn't perform scoring that well against Gerwin Price Price had an off night there's no doubt about that but for me he's got to try and be able to live up with the scoring if he's going to be able to consistently play there. Because doubles, don't get me wrong, mint. Absolutely mint. I think he tired a bit. I, I think 
and, and obviously he's not one that I know a lot about from lockdown and, and how much starts he was playing, but he just seemed he, he seemed perfect for the length of a pro tour in both games, and then he seemed to to struggle a little bit to keep that range, to keep that rhythm, um, and, and to keep scoring the way he was. So, um, I think he's a fantastic talent, and what you've got to remember is he came over from the BDO as one of the top two players in in that setup. Glenn Durant was fantastic against him when he beat him in, in that World Championship final. But other than that, Danny was almost strong favourite that year. He was, he was mm. cleaning up everything. And I, I think people are not forgetting, but perhaps underappreciating just how good Danny Knockett was in that set. And because he didn't make the instant impact that Glenn did, despite qualifying a lot more comfortably than he did mm. as, as a PDC tour card holder, um, you forget just how good and how dangerous Danny Knopper can be. And we've said it, we've seen it the last couple of times when he's been on TV. He's been in every TV event I can remember now. Mm. He's been in many, he has been. Yeah, World so, Series finalists as well, there's no doubt about yeah. that. So he's getting into events, he, he's taking out big names, he's not scared of them, he's putting in good performances, and he's another that will keep, continue rising up these rankings. And he's gone from a player where before Christmas I was like, he's the non seed I want to play. To, he's the non-seed I don't want to play absolutely absolutely you know he, he, he's certainly getting there um, but he loses tonight Adrian Lewis is through and he was talking to Phil after his win Adrian many congratulations Cheers, Phil. thank you into the quarterfinals of the Betfred World match play yeah tough battle up there wasn't it, it certainly was um, obviously his, his pace is you know he's done you know this is how he throws so it's as difficult you know it's going to be difficult but it wasn't just the, the pace he was throwing at because he is very consistent um and, and he takes up massive shots he's got a lot of bottle he has we saw you trying to g yourself up there was that because there wasn't a lot coming back because danny doesn't show a lot of emotion on stage <coughs> excuse me no no i mean like i say he's very tough beat um he doesn't show anything he finishes 107 i think it was and, and 100 and something and he just goes you know what i mean it's like Come on, give me some of it. <laughs> no, he's, he's ace, yeah, he's a great player. Round one was a very all-round good performance. Mm. Are you pleased that you've backed it up with another good performance here as well? Because we've seen you do it in fits and spots. Yeah, I, I, I think a more, I mean, to be honest, I, I thought it would have been a lot higher average. Um, but it's like I said, there's a few legs in between there where I was, I was coming down and I was hitting the top one on the, on the 20s. And I was literally hitting 60, 60, 60. But if it wasn't for that, I'd probably end up with 100 plus average. Which that that was all looking for really. We can see you're enjoying it again. Mm. And all, is it good for you as a player knowing that all the hard work you've put in is now paying off, and you can see it happening as well? Definitely, without a shadow. Um, like I say, this, I've sort of changed a hell of a lot of things um, from my stance to, to everything really, um, and, and that's only come uh, obviously over the last couple of weeks. Because when I played at the summer series, it felt like I was throwing across myself, so I've obviously had to move over the hockey. I've had to change everything really, about, about everything. And I think it's like a, a new start for me kind of thing. I don't feel like um, you know, I'm going up there two times world champion, this and that. I'm going up there enjoying it, like I'm playing from scratch. When did you tell Dan that you've spoken to Phil over lockdown? Yeah. Was that just because obviously when you were practicing with him back in the day, yeah. things were all good? Is that just to give you a reminder of how it was? Definitely, yeah, right? definitely, yeah. I mean, like I said, uh, I mean, me and Phil go back a lot, long, long way. Um, I mean, I can remember when I first started playing darts, he was very retired then. So I think it was my youth coming through that actually spared him on for when probably another three or four world titles himself. So, but, you know, it's it's one of them things where you've got to try rely on your experience a lot more now. Um, you know, there's a lot of good players coming through. Uh, I don't know, the quality players. So you, you've got to be mentally ready, to, just like, you know, just, you've got to be mentally ready for it. Was it nice to get some advice off him, though, and the, the mentor still believes in the apprentice? I know that you've moved on, but that, that mentality still, that he still Listen, believes... I could win 20 world titles yourself. <laughs> that's that's fair. Yeah. You know I mean? Oh, sorry, sorry, we can't say that, can we? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's fair, you know what yeah. I mean? Say your buddy rubbish, then. Look at this title yeah. here. Would this be a bigger achievement than when you won the Worlds? Because back then, no. you were at the top of your game, where now you've had to build it up again. Doesn't compare. No? No. Definitely not. When you when, when I first won the worlds, I mean, obviously, when I first started playing darts, my aim was to win the worlds and it's a nine dart. Obviously, win the tournament with a nine dart. Coming, I think it was the first set, so yeah. that didn't go to plan. But I slapped the nine dart in, the only player ever at one in the final. To this day, 
So, uh, you know, you've got to take credit for that. But, like I said to you, everything's got to go back now. You've got to start afresh. This is Adrian Lewis 2012-18. That now I'm Adrian Lewis 2020. And this is where I've got judge my life and my career and everything else now. And, and just start afresh. Dimitri Vandenberg. Yeah. In the quarterfinal, very talented youngster. Brilliant. But do you think that you can get to him on that hockey and your experience? Can I, I watched a bit of the game tonight with him and Joe. I mean, to be fair to Joe, we, he maybe should have sneaked that game. Um, but he didn't. And Dimitri got some, you know, I think it's a 1 3 8 at a crucial time, and 118, I think it was, at a crucial time. And Dimitri is one of them players who can who can do that. So obviously, I'll be on my guard and I'll, 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 I'll go at Please for the day's rest before before. Um, probably not with BDC. I'll probably be doing interviews and having all day tomorrow. So uh, yeah, but I'm looking forward to it. You know what I mean? Adrian, it's great to see you smiling again. Cheers, Bill. Thank, thank you. Much. Adrian Lewis there talking through his victory over Danny Nopper tonight, and joining us now to give the PBT on all things at MK. I'm not going to start using initials. It is Phil Bars. He's back from his hotel room, in Milton Keynes. Phil, always great to chat to you, buddy. Hope you're doing okay in the bubble life um, another ridiculous day at the Milton Keynes match play it is on par now with the UK Open in Butlin's Minehead two years ago I did warn everyone pre-match play that look at the, the semi-finalist from the UK Open it was random and this one's going exactly the same way seeds going all over the place favourites out the window cheersies thank you very much I mean, after the, the first round of the way the opening night and the opening two nights went, I didn't expect to get to that point. I just thought a lot of them looked comfortable in their progression, but they're in a world of trouble now, aren't they? They've seen massive target on their back. Oh, it's, I've never seen anything like it. It's just mental. That, and I genuinely think not having a crowd there, like in my head, is doing the underdog a favour and not necessarily the fans' favourite a favour as well. Because we all know when Peter Wright plays, people love him and everyone, and that's not there. It's a level playing field, is the thing. You can hear every time they shout at the board. Literally, we're on the second story balcony, and we might as well be sat on the stage. We can hear the players when they scream that loud and clear. It's bonkers. Amazing. Amazing, really, to think about it. Uh, obviously, we've had, a, uh, all, we've had a bit of a dissect of all of the games tonight. Uh, performance of the night for you tonight to, in Milton Keynes? I'm torn between two for different reasons. One, Glenn Durrant's finishing was absolutely mint and he beat the world champion. But Vincent's doing some damage here. He's going about his business at the moment. And again, another very good performance. Scoring mm -hmm. was on par. Finishing was good. I, without looking at it, he finished around the 98, 99 average mark, somewhere around there. And that's two games in a row now that he's done that. He's pain-free. He's got to play one game a day. When he gets on these little rolls, he could take some stopping. I remember him doing this at the European Championships last year. Yeah. And it took an inspired... Was it Rob Cross that beat him off the top of I think of it was Gary Price. It might have been. Price, Price. Only one, one of them. But it took a ridiculous performance from one of them to beat him there. And he's just going about his business really, really well. And it's, it's fascinating to see. It is not a lot of the a lot of the players that were big. Well, I don't know. I don't want to say big, but seven eight years ago, where you where you consider that was sort of their peak, are, are back in the game here at the minute. It's nice to see Whitlock's going deep. He's got the resurgence of Vanderbilt, Adrian Lewis, and, but then you've got the contrast of the newcomers. You've got Michael Smith who hasn't won a major. You've got Ratajski who's, who's a new boy. Durant's only been the PDC eighteen months. Dimitri's up and coming. It's a nice little blend of the last eight we've got here. Yeah, it's bonkers to be fair because we all bang on about the youth and how they're bringing the game on and don't know when they are. But these old boys are going, oh, hang on a minute, we ain't done yet. We can I'm not having this. I'm not having this. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Hashtag no context then. Um, yes. But yeah, it's, it's like they're going, no, we're not done yet. Yes, you can bang on about these, but hang on, we're still the people to beat here. And um, Would you back against one of the old boys winning it? Not a chance. Well, I'm not against anyone from winning it from here, to be honest. <laughs> no, absolutely. Wide open. Absolutely. This is possibly the worst world, uh, wide open world match play we have had probably in a decade, maybe even longer than this. And I, I, I want to say this quickly as well, coming off of uh, Adrian Lewis and uh, Dimitri van der Berg, if you've not had a chat to touch on tonight, really great performances again for different reasons. Dimitri with an unbelievably inspired comeback. 
How the hell did Danny Knoppert stay in that game between himself and Adrian Lewis, though? My Lord. Well, both of them, yes, Denny played well, but Joe will be kicking himself because, personally, I thought Joe was the better player. I know mm. Denny got over the line, but Joe will be kicking himself. Um, a couple of big finishes from Demi did it in. and you, Two contrasting performances from Demi. One, he front rolls against Nathan Asper and looks great, but he's dug in here and, and played really well. But missed chance for Joe because I, I thought he was marginally the better player. But yeah, Dane Offit just does what Dane Offit does. He just goes up there, throws tons and just dogs around and stays in, in a game. But a little bit of class from, from Jackpot. And listening to his interview, look, we touched on it in that. The fact that he's now put two decent performances on TV back-to-back is quite important. We saw it at the Slam last year. He put in one good performance, then he was average. But two 98 or 98-99 averages from Jackpot over a long format as well. There's encouraging signs there, and the action looks better as well. Yeah, it looks so good. Yeah, it looks back to old Adrian Lewis action where it's not jerky, it's not stuttery. I know we spoke about it in the build-up to this that it didn't look particularly great. But interesting as well that he revealed that he's spoken to the maestro over lockdown and, and got some advice. So that, that that's interesting. That For Jackpot fans, there's potentially some good signs here. And I wasn't sure that that was still there. Don't mind saying that. However, what I've seen, this could be a bit of a renaissance from Adrian Lewis. God's going to be God's going to be so happy if this is the case because he has been banging on about AD Lewis and his action for so so long. Uh, must be said though, boys, we, we're coming towards the end of the match by daily day five. We are down now to the last day, and the format extends dramatically. No ten, yes. no eleven legs games. It is sixteen legs, seventeen legs, and then eighteen legs for the final. The the format change is massive, isn't it, God? Really, because. It's great to win these 11 match games that you get on the European Championships and the UK Open, but there's something about an absolute slog. Like, it is in the Grand Slam as well, but mainly here at the match play that just changes the dynamic slightly. Yeah, I think and this is where it suits those players that can put on those three or four leg bursts where they can really damage it, take it to you in a game and, and pick up those consecutive breaks of throws. We talk about Michael Van Gerwen doing that quite often, but obviously he's not there. But Michael Smith's got that capability. Gary Anderson's got that capability. The big scorers that, that play quickly, you can be miles behind or a game can turn before your opponent has even realised. They're the sort of players you need to watch out for now and that's who it will suit that little bit more, I think. If they're on, the problem is that those players tend to be the ones whose top-level game and bottom-level game differ dramatically. Um, so, yeah... The, the grinding players, the likes of Ritarski, the steady players will be consistent all the way through. It will be about the dips that the opponents face against them when they're playing their top-level game to when they lose that range a little bit. Yeah, as well. And last year showed as well. Remember, Michael Smith was 9-0 down to Rob Cross. And at one point, he got it back to 11-9, I think. So this just shows that you're never out of this format, yeah. ever. Um, and, I, and I agree with what you said there, Gob, that the, the good players will have these surges. They'll win five, six legs in a row, have a few off, but it's how many they have off because if they have six on, two off, five on, two off, the, the grinder is never going to get near them for that for yeah. that reason. So it, it's all about the off legs from the, the the big guns, as we call Big guns is probably the wrong word, but you know what I mean? Those power Heavy scorers. scorers. Yeah, power scorers. Yeah, it, 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 it's those off legs. And yeah, I, I'm not sure that it suits the grinder now. Yeah. Well, we've got to now obviously try and pick a a new a new final lineup here because we all picked Michael Van Gerwen to win this tournament, uh, and uh, he is out. Must be said though, I've got no idea. If you ask me now, I can make a case for genuinely, genuinely, potentially six of these winning the the match play right now. Uh, I've, however, 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 gentlemen, <laughs> remember when we were doing the draw? Yeah. And people said, who's coming through this section? I don't know. And I went balls deep straight away and nailed my colours to the mast. Yes. And it's looking all right at the moment. And I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Yeah, but do you know what? I had, I had Michael Smith, so I've still got one, a one in four chance of getting through here. <laughs> I had Curtis Eagle, to be fair. You did as well. So, so one of us is going to be right in that sense. So yeah. there's definitely that. I want to ask you, gentlemen, first, oh, you and then God come off the back of this. Who you think is going to be in that final now on Sunday? Because I said before, it is the most wide open match play that I can certainly remember from watching darts. Um, 
from the bottom half of the draw, I can't change my mind, obviously. Dozer gets to the final. I, I called it before a dart was thrown. And I'm, I'm not changing my mind on that one, although Lewis has impressed me. But colours are there. Durant from the bottom half. Top half, I'm really torn here. Yeah. Really torn. Tomorrow's game is the key because I think if Michael Smith gets past Ratajski, he gets to the final again. Because the, the top half, although we're all talking about Gary Anderson, yes, he, he's been good in spells, but I don't think he's averaged above 93, 94 yet. And he's going to have to raise that. I know he's more than capable of going out averaging 120, but over these long formats, can he still do it? Is the game still there for those formats? The jury's out for me. So. I'm going to stick with my heart and I'm going to go Michael Smith versus Glenn Durrant in the final. Well, don't worry. I won't ask you to, to, to pick a winner there because I know that you would take 30 hours to decide it and still wouldn't come up with a winner because of how that's much... Like, that's like picking between mum and dad, isn't it? Um, yeah, it really is. For, it really for, is. For different reasons. Gob, uh, what about yourself? Are you going to go with uh, a smith Durrant final? Because goodness me, it could be an absolute barnstormer between those pair if that was going to be the case. Not a clue. I might just wait for you to pick and pick someone else and just hope that one of us gets it right. At least yeah, like we know what we're talking about because this is so, so wide open. Um, like we just said in that discussion, we, we don't think that format will suit the grinders. So I think that's where Michael Smith's now got the advantage over Ritarski, perhaps. Um, the format extending. I, I sort of agree with Phil in that do we think Gary's got the game? I'm not sure it's the game that's the issue. I think it's the body. I'm still not 100% convinced that Gary Anderson is as fully fit as he was when he was the best player in the world, in my opinion, and that's an issue. Um, Durant, Vincent, I think this is one game that will suit the grinder. I don't think Vincent's got the burst in him like some of the other players have that will really take the game away from Glenn. I think Glenn will stick with him. And AD, Dimmy, Dimmy loves a stage. AD could fall apart at any minute but he could also go for a 110 average um this is this is really wide open and this is me sort of trying to stall despite us trying to make these pods a bit shorter um to be fair right, just going um, off what you said there gob about darren this is why i think that he's so in there because he averaged 99 98 99 across the whole format of the game didn't yeah. differ at all which is just re- remarkable which is why i think he's been dark legs got everywhere in it so Exactly. He just knows that he's going to the ball and you just know that to break him, you've got to probably do it in under five visits. Yeah. That, that's some pressure to go to the ball under. Um, but even still, I, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to... I just dread watching this final, but I'm going to go Ratajski versus Adrian Lewis. Ooh! And I've got to get the boy Gary there as well, but I think... Yeah, I'm going with Tyson Lewis in the hope that one of you picks Gary and someone gets it right. And well, again, we're all completely writing off Simon Whitlock here. We've done that twice so far, and this has been a bit backfired on us completely. But um, third time's the yeah. charm here, Gob. Third time's the charm. And I think I do think Gary does get through. It's not going to be pretty, but he'll get through. Uh, However, spanner in the works here before we come to you, Jar. Could you imagine if the match play final? was a combination of Adrian Lewis, Vincent van der Voort, Simon Whitlock, or Ratajski, hashtag Premier League place. Well, that throws we spanner know... in the works, doesn't it? That does we, throw we, spanner we, in the works. We, we, we all know the criteria. That there's only or one... Dimitri. Or Dimitri. Yeah. There's, there's only one... Yeah, but I think the PDC quite like Dimitri in the Premier League because of the image, yeah. the, the youngster, mm. and everything like that. But going back on the, the grain... Yes, those four that we've mentioned are all fabulous players, but they're not the Premier League mould and build and fit. But they have but, to be in there because they won a well, major. The, they won the, the second biggest tournament in the sport. They have to be in the, there. It's the unwritten rule, isn't it? That if you win a PDC major, apart from Paul Nicholson, that you're, you're in the Premier League. So could you imagine if one of those wins, I'd love to be a fly on the wall in that board meeting when they're selecting the nine or ten for next year. To be fair, Adrian Lewis, his box office, he, he will either smash it out of the park or he will implode. And I still think he's more likely to hit a nine data than 95% of the, the, <laughs> the field on a stage. So I wouldn't mind him up there. 
Ratajski, is the game big enough in Poland for them? Not quite sure it is there yet. But to have a Polish player in the are off completely, so... But to have a Polish player in the Premier League would be meant. Yeah, but to have a Polish player in the Premier League would be meant for him. I'm, I'm not going to lie, for pure selfish reasons and just because it would be box office, I'd love Vincent in the Premier League for one year. <laughs> It'd be incredible, wouldn't it? Uh, on he, YouTube channel you know, would certainly pick up a bit more. <laughs> yes. Oh, he'd it, be bulldozing arenas all over the place. <laughs> don't like it. I was going to say, as you said, Tom, he, he doesn't like Barnsley. Good, good luck with Leeds, Sheffield. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, no disrespect to the North, but come on now. Uh, you know, going to Brighton, all sorts of, Brighton's a nice place, actually. I've got a lot of time for Brighton, but there's a load of other arenas oh, that he will not he like. He will love oh. the cowshed in Exeter. I was about, I was about yes. to say, Vincent, you've, you've, you've got to play here. As he pulls up, sheep shearing. And I kid you not, everyone, next year we will take a picture. As you pull up into the... I'd warned the boys beforehand that it was literally a barn in the middle of a field. And there is literally a sheep shearing pen with a great big sign that says sheep shearing. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. I um, love the West Point though. It was a fantastic experience. Oh, yeah, it was great. There's no doubt about that. Um, right. I've got to now try and pick this. I still maintain Gary gets through against Simon. Michael Smith will get by Christopher Tyski because I think, like you say, the power scoring of Smith is going to be brilliant. That semi-final could be astonishing if them two are on fire. Um... I'm going to go with Glenn to get by Vincent. Just. Do I go with my head and my heart here? Why did you go with Dimmy? Oh, sorry. I'll go with my heart. Dean Vandenberg beats A.D. Lewis in an absolute classic on Friday night. Uh, just because I like Dimmy and I love him. So, uh, spare a thought for Mac Elkin, who's guaranteed to have a semi final lose and a guaranteed finalist. Um, Gary Anderson against <laughs> Michael Smith. In the semi, I don't know. That, that's, that's tighter than anything. And then obviously Glenn against Dimmick. I think Glenn Durrant does make a maiden PDC TV final. He is the favourite in that quarter of the draw, in my opinion. Agreed. And you know what, Phil? I'm going to go with you. I think Michael Smith does make it just because I think that he will get he will get through there. And then I, I can say I ain't picking a winner from there. But I think I think Phil's absolutely got this one spot on Michael Smith against Glenn Durrant. If that's the final, I'm not watching. I'm driving home. (laughs) (laughs) If that that is the final, if that is the final, then, well, it can't be the final now, by the way, because both of us have picked it. So that's not going to happen. So you won't have to worry about that. The thing is, obviously, people that get, obviously, I'm on the road an awful lot. And although it's my job, you get friendly with the players and and everything like that. And they, they become friends. So it's really tough when you see people that you get on really well and Glenn and Michael are two that I do get on really, really well with. As, as everyone knows, that would that be just, well, no, I'd just watch it from, I don't know, somewhere. I feel like I'm looking at my hotel room. I can see Ikea. I might see if I can watch it from there. <laughs> it's a meatball. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, that is what's making this quarter draw intriguing. And there's so many backstories. There's so many likeable characters yeah. in it. That there's so many different reasons that you want every single one of those eight to progress. That actually, when you get to that final and there has to be a loser, it's going to be incredibly difficult. So that's the scrams more than anything to to swallow the fact that one of them has to lose. And another so well, again subplots out of this. Looking at the rankings. We're, Gary Anderson looks on collision course to plummet like the Titanic. However, now he could hurtle back towards the top four again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If, Mike, if he defends if that Mike, money. If Michael Smith gets to the final or wins it, I think he's close to Rob Cross without having got a laptop in front of me. But I think if he gets to the final, he might go above Rob Cross into the top four again. And the rest of the boys with this significant amount of money they literally leap into the top 16. That's them sorted for a year to 18 months of every major without having to qualify for pretty much anything. In fact, I've just had a quick check on the rankings, Phil. If Michael Smith wins tomorrow night, he leapfrogs Rob Cross into the top four. Yeah, because, I, I knew it was close. Yeah, because of obviously Rob Cross going out first round of the, of the match play. So, you know, and he, I think he was defending second round money from 2018. So, yeah. there's a problem there for, for, for him. And obviously, if you get into the top four, that's it. You're in the Prem as well, which yeah, is well, the, your Premier League place is secure. The other one as well is Glenn. Would a win here catapult him close to the top ten? Well, do you know what? If 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 he wins the prim, if he wins the world match play, mate, if he wins the world match play, he would go to number nine in the world because he would overtake Ian White. 
The only way he can't, no, actually, no, the only way he can't is if, no, no, actually, there we go. If he wins the match play, he goes to number nine in the world. I tell you what, that is remarkable in two, two in under bit. two years. In two under years. two years. Mm-hmm. To get to the top 10, that is arguably one of the greatest ever achievements in darts. But do you know what, boys? We see Rob Cross do it, but that was with the significant weighting of the Premier League. To do it without the Premier League would, would be ridiculous. Uh, not Premier League, the World Championship, sorry. Yeah, yeah exactly. To do that without the prize money from that would be ridiculous. Yeah, because that's, that was 400k bosh in one hit. This is just yeah. bits and bobs. And you think he's only won two PDC Pro Tours. I say only as if it's nothing, but he hasn't won a TV title yet. For the, so to do that would be just remarkable. Well, boys, this is why we love the world match play, because there are so many subplots, there are so many stories, but the field is narrowed down to eight, and the games are now best of 16, first 16, first 17, and then first to 18 when we get to the final. Eight remain on day five of the Betfred world match play. This has been the match play daily for bars. Jack Cobb-Garber, thank you so much for joining us on a night of high drama once again. Does it, does it against Peter Wright? It is all not right on the night for the world champion. Uh, Dimi Vandenberg, he has an absolute astonishing comeback against Joe Cullen to continue his dream debut. Vincent van der Voort knocks out Daryl Gurney and there are only two of the top ten left in the uh, world match play now left with an incredible performance from Vincent van der Voort. And A.D. Lewis finds the afterburners as he, as he knocks out Noppy. Danny Noppert in the final game of the night. Christopher Tyski against Michael Smith and then Simon Whitlock against Gary Anderson are our two quarterfinals tomorrow. Join myself, Gob and Phil for another rendition of the Match Play Daily for you in the morning tomorrow. From us all, take care. Good night. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.